Happy holidays and welcome to the Boundless Shores, episode 54. I'm your host, Dungeon Master Wes, and I'm going to do the intro a little bit different this week. Uh, you, you guys should already know the names of our players right now, so they should be appearing on, on the screen as we speak, and instead I will perform a song I prepared. Oh God! Uh, in, oh, <laughs> uh, in my excitement for the holidays, sing it in Gaelic. <laughs> I present to you. He's going bar the Seven days of D and D. On the first day of D and D, my DM gave to me Jonathan and a Griffin. On the second day of Christmas, uh, D&D, my DM gave to me <laughs> two bins, new armor, and Yonatan with a griffin. On the third day of D&D, my DM gave to me or golden punch and two bins, new armor, and Yonatan with a griffin. On the fourth day of D&D, my DM gave to me Beckett, a Bruin, or golden punch and two bins, new armor, and Yonatan with a griffin. On the fifth day of D&D, my DM gave to me Alistair Stuff. <laughs> Beckett, a Bruin, or a Gullet, Bunch of Two, Bits of Bummer, and Yonatan with a Griffin. On the sixth day of D&D, my DM gave to me County was Demon, Alistair Stuff. Beckett, a Bruin, or a Gullet, Bunch of Two, Bits of Bummer, and Yonatan with a Griffin. On the seventh day of D&D, my DM gave to me Knees casting spells, cow demons, demon, Alistair stuff, Beckett a Bruin, or Golem punching two Vince Warmer, and Yonatan with a Griffin. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I came and up with that the animation for today, and I was very happy with myself. And that is our new theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Please, God, no. <laughs> so, I will say that I think Tobin got away with the best stuff because he got a total of 12 sets of armor out of that, each of them valued at 30,000 gold. Damn. Yeah, I also enjoyed the plan words, Tobin. And then Alistair's stuff was pretty good. New I pronunciation unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Tobin. <laughs> That's what happens Let to the NPC that calls over... me that. <laughs> Let the chat argue over the correct pronunciation yeah. now. It's up to them. And the ubiquitous cat right. has walked in the room. All right. So, are so, we doing an actual recap too? Our magical recap of this evening. The Adai now begin their quest to rescue their long lost friend Calduin. They delve into the unknown as they sail into the hurricane within the center of the boundless seas known as the Eye of Volnar. Sailing through rapid winds and intrepid waters, they battle a horrifying kraken that ends in a heartbreaking shipwreck. When all hope seems lo seems lost, 
Tobin awakes back at home at his family's forge to the familiar face of his grandfather, learning of the tragic involvement his family played during the second arcane purge and training his family's innate ability to imbue his weapon with magic. On the other side of the coin, we find Kalduin locked in prison, eternally locked in a cycle of torture. He meets a familiar face, an Ashrati like him, covered head to toe in scars. She tells him that she was born here on the island and that the Ashen Sea is not the true birthplace of the Asherati. The Adenawul awaken on a tropical island that has fallen prey to invasive fauna. Recuperating from their previous defeat, the Adenawul begin to explore the unfamiliar terrain littered with red sand reminiscent of Kalduin's magic and the deep sand below the Heku, the Asherati village that the Valdun migrated to after the convergence. Exploring forward, they come across a massive factor of the clock face with silver tower, silvery chrome towers beyond. Adventuring forward and sinking past a biomechanical dune winder forklift in the congested exterior staging area, they enter into the, the mysterious factory. Dodging between crates and the seemingly blood-stained clear plastic sheets, descending towards a a metal clanging. The Adainau will come across two inactive robot suits of armor colored a crimson red, the letters SGSC written across the left side of the breastplate, which is where we catch up with our party. <laughs> I, um, I did some nice miming to that. Uh, please watch it when the episode's released. I assume you were reading your thing, so you probably didn't see it. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, I think you'll like it. <laughs> Alistair helped me out a little bit with some parts. Within the dark interior warehouse of this factory of of blood with the two inactive robot crimson armors before you with a metal sliding door currently closed. The six of you now calming your hearts for a moment, seeing that the danger is 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 not as as present as you might think. So, if we want to be stealthy, we can continue on foot and come back to these later. Or if we want to go ahead and make the fact that we woke up on this island, everyone else's problem. We can try to figure out how to operate these things. Well, they do seem currently inactive, but that somebody obviously must have crafted them. And since we're not even really sure what's going on in this island, maybe we could carefully investigate them and see if um, maybe there's some sort of like a smithy's stamp for who to give us a clue as to who created these things. But um, just going on the fact that I don't know if we have any more leads on where to go. Is there like a a bay a bay door or something that we could try to? Take the or get these uh, robot suits out of the warehouse. In 
Um, well, there's the, the, the bay door that you entered through. Okay. Um, leading to uh, our, our friend Forklift. Um, and then there's the uh, door that these two inactive robots are currently seeming to be guarding. There's a sliding metal door with a large metal uh, uh, handle to, to pull it open. Is it like a barn door style? Oh, okay, so we're not in front of a door. We're just like looking at them standing in front of a door that they seem to be guarding? Yes, yeah, sorry. Oh, okay, I thought they were like in the next room through the door. Okay. <clears throat> what do you guys think? Is it worth investigating? I'm sorry. Try to make heads or tails out of how to operate it. <clears throat> I... Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, if you can, I guess that's an added bonus, but I get, like I said, my main reason for maybe investigating would be give us a clue as to what the heck this place is. Because there doesn't seem to be much else around in these warehouses other than that poor dune winder. Or and Yonatan, what do you guys think? I'm just trying trying to think of what what these big guys' jobs are. Well, I have a I have an idea. They might be custodians. <laughs> uh, maybe. Jonathan but, uh... is. Are you gonna Are you gonna keep talking? No, not yeah. you. Um, yeah, Jonathan just thinking back to the Dune Winder, and then. Noting, also keeping in mind that it has to eat scrap metal to survive. Jonathan just rolling his eyes, just squinting his eyes and thinking for a second. Could we maybe get the dune winder to eat these things if they turn hostile on us? Uh... And just investigate? First, I feel like then... the, the dune winder's kind of stationary. Not sure we'd be able to bring him in here. Right, but oh, we yeah. could always bring the armor sets to the dune winder. Well, if the plan is for the dune winder to save us if they turn hostile, what if they turn hostile before we can get him out to the dune winder? That's on like the other side of this place, and they're I quite large. How how tall are they in stature, Wes? Uh, they are, uh, seven and a half feet. And what did you say was written on them? Uh, S-G-S-C. And to be fair, the last instructions that I left with the Dunewinder was to do what it took to survive. Yeah. So if that means that it feels as though it's threatened, it may very well just decide to run away from this place. That's true. So that's up to its own imperative. Well, <clears throat> so are these statues? Uh, I can't remember what you said last session. Are they notably similar to the tech we saw in the in the caves under Calum Dune? 
Um, I would probably require a knowledge Chris Filmian. Uh, architecture engineering? Uh, yeah, that's Arcana, the one. Architecture engineering. That's the one. Uh, well, I don't have that, and Chris, who may have it, wasn't there, so. Oh. Um, good, just roll me a... Uh, is, is knowledge it... Arcana. Okay, yeah. Uh, that, roll me that knowledge Arcana. I feel like that would might be your closest, because uh, a lot of the technology is Arcana-driven oh, in this world. Hold on. Uh, Arcana, Knowledge, Arcana. What the heck? Oh. <laughs> um. That's going to be a 22. It's it's vaguely similar, but uh, these are a lot more sophisticated. Okay. Uh, the wiring is is there's uh, like so there is like visible wiring. Uh, very minimally, uh, you can like kind, kind of, of see behind like some plates. of the, uh, the, the armor plates, kind okay. of more in the, in the back, uh, lower back section, you kind of see, um, as you're, you're inspecting it, you see, you do see a, a plate on it, uh, like a stamp. SGSC. Okay. Um, yeah. And then underneath it says Sangoscythe. Sangoscythe? Sanguisice, I can sell, spell that out to you. Um, ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. S-A-N-G-U-I-S-C-Y-T-H-E. <sighs> it's like sanguine and scythe, kind of. Okay, so it's not like... Uh an actual word that I just don't know, like, the language of? No, no, okay. no, it's, this is, this is, this is Westerneering. Um, well, I'm not really sure how to and further... Then, oh, sorry, one more underneath. Okay. One more, one more blog text. It says, Ikor, Inkor, Ikor, Ink. I-C-H-O-R, Ink, like, Incorporated. <sighs> Ikor, Ink. <sighs> like Icor, as in like flood. Yeah, yeah. Is it Icor? I, I thought yeah. it was I've always Icor. pronounced it Icor. Yeah, it's Icor, whatever. Yeah. Icor as well. Um, so Icor sounds actually kind of cooler, but uh, I've always always pronounced it as Icor. So yeah, I might just default back to that. Icor. Yes, I've heard. I've heard it both in, ways. As honestly, in God blood. Yes. Yeah. Um. And that's like a known fact that like it refers to God blood, right? Like, like well, um, I I assume that, but that's me as James, not me your as Tobin. Knowledge Arcana. 
uh, reading your book, I would say probably, yeah. You, you've read a little bit of Divine Magic, and okay. uh, a, a, a bit of it involves maybe some, some Blood of the Gods, maybe imbuing some power. So absolutely, yeah, you, you might know that Ikaror does stand for God Blood. Right. You keep twinging at it. Does it not stand for God Blood? I always, I always. Like, that's I've what always I. Read that that's it, what that I understand as, it as. Chris, you, you, you uh, made a face. No, 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 no. I, I was making a face because I was considering my options. Yeah. I think oh, I've got a fun okay. idea. I don't know if Iker or Iker inherently refers to Godblood, but it's definitely one of the applications. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, okay. I recall. Sorry, I, that's what I read that that face as. My apologies. I just wanted to make sure I am using that terminology correct, even if I wasn't. It is now. But, uh, yeah, sweet. Um, yeah, the, that's the, the, the small uh, copper base plate on the lower uh, lower back uh, left side. Right. SGSE Sangoscythe Icarink. So, has uh, anyone got any particular opposition then to me trying to uh, scoop up one of these toys? Um, I guess not, but you're, um, you're responsible for taking it down should it try and kill us. That's fair. I'm gonna go find a spot to hide first, <laughs> just in case. That's perfectly fair. Yeah, roll me a hide check. Alright, let's check it uh, out then. Check it out. Uh, how does how does Alistair? Uh, could you could you just uh, initially could you just roll me a architecture engineering uh, role for me? Uh, uh, just well, as your your general first observations. Sure thing. Okay. So. But then go ahead and describe as as uh, as to how uh, Alistair attacks this mysterious machine. All right, well, I rolled a 33. Okay. And <clears throat> pulling out one of my dead wands, I begin to infuse it with spell-storing object. Understand object. A many a useful mechanical uh, engineering process basically unfolds inside of my mind as I start to wind the spell into this tiny uh, length of view inside of my uh, wand bracer. Until ultimately, with enough magical imparted knowledge, I now have a single charge wand. Pointing it at the uh, at the seemingly still golem, I launch the spell off at it and erupt inside of a uh, inside of a brown hue of energy as uh, my mind starts to fill with all sorts of computational designs and uh, layouts of the uh, of the mechanical underlying works of the machine. So 
initially a lot of the information that you're receiving makes sense to you blueprints designs the the joints and then the information gets flooded it's almost like if an alien language were to be leaked on the internet you would know about it but you wouldn't understand it is that all these this calculations and and alien technology this the you you look at these designs and it and it makes sense to you understand it it's familiar yet alien it's it's complicated it's so advanced so much more advanced than you or any modern day craftsman has has seen there's there's uh wires and materials that you don't even know components and switches that you get a general understanding but it's alien it's advanced and in it's kind of terrifying i stumble back clutching my head <laughs> it's it's too much it's <laughs> it's too much uh, there, there's too much in here <laughs> uh, oh no 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 touchy no touchy no no touchy tovin uh standing behind him is gonna like put his arm out to like catch him as he's stumbling back and just be like alistair <laughs> you all right stop the spell stop the spell i've seen the lights i've seen all the lights i've seen the Colors of the lights. I've seen segments of the lights. I've seen the breakdown from one light to the next light. I'm gonna give him a light smack on the face to try and snap him out of it. Buddy, are you all right? I was gonna see if there was a large fish on the ground to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Whack! Has Roland just turned into a uh, Chandler? Rest <laughs> <laughs> in peace. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> what the hell are these things? This isn't just magic. This isn't just engineering anymore. This is... <clears throat> this is some twisted joke of understanding. It's, it's like it was looking back at, into me and deciding that it wanted to chat and dead languages from beyond the stars. Jesus. I'll, uh, kind of wander up to them myself and just do, like... No touchy! No touchy! A general <laughs> inspection. I'm not looking for anything in particular. I'm just looking at them. Like, just kind of taking in the thing that seems to be driving Alistair mad. I'll, or has uh, he always been? Is it a like a regular like their armor like is it a regular metal? Like if I run my hands along it can I tell what kind of metal it is? <sighs> it's it's an alloy of a few different metals um to kind of create the most resilient Give me a uh, knowledge smithing 
roll. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't very good. It's like 11. Alter yeah. fortune. Uh, don't waste your alter fortune. I I don't see okay. I don't see a way that it, alter fortune could apply in this scenario of him just inspecting. Yeah, it. don't don't waste it. This is this is him reaching into his memory banks rather than performing a skill per se. Um. Okay. Um. It's, it's not even eleven. An yeah, it's it's I an recognize. alloy that um that creates the strongest results, but it's it's not something you've seen mixed. It looks like it could be some sort of steel, but there's definitely a lot. There's definitely some other metals mixed in to form an alloy. This alloy, this robust. I'm not entirely sure what it's made of. So they're standing in front of this large door, right? Mm -hmm. Not in front, just like kind of guarding to the side of the sliding door. Right. Um. Is there like? Is it just a big solid? Door? Is there like windows? It's it's just a solid door with a with a large handle. Should we um try and see what it is they appear to be guarding? Well, I guess rather should I I should ask after that display of whatever that was. Do you think we can take them if we uh if they're like somehow sleeping and guarding the store? <laughs> I think they're alive. Right, but I'm saying if we disturbed if... them, would we be able to beat them? I say we just get the fuck out of here as fast as we can. If and we, but and go where? Go straight. Did did we see anything else in the direction of the factory? In the direction of the factory, like, uh, beyond further... the factory. You saw silvery chrome towers, like skyscrapers. Oh, okay. Those aren't like part of it. Okay. No, they're they're not a part of it. They're they're far beyond. But you gotta you gotta wonder what's behind these doors, don't you, Alistair? I do. But this is truly an anathema. It's you've seen what happened inside of the last room with the Dune Crawler. They're taking life and mixing technology with it in ways that was never meant to be. Alistair... And I'm one to talk! Alistair, you hear an eerie but familiar voice. You've heard it only once before in... in a... in a blink of a moment you probably weren't meant to be a part of. You hear the voice of the uh, humanoid smoke creature Ego, whom you met through Beckett's dream. You you hear you hear his voice, kind of. You don't. It's not like you hear his voice. It's not like he's speaking to you. You hear his thoughts, kind of dance along the back of your neck, kind of giving you giving you goosebumps. Curiosity killed the cat. 
I'm not concerned about cats right now. I'm concerned about whatever else is inside here, not just the cats. But a dead cat won't come that itch, won't it? You need it. Open the doors. Gentlemen, hide. Did you say hi? One step ahead of you there, pal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you already said from so behind well, this he pillar. From the DM site. He, he is just, <laughs> he's up. He's climbed up onto a few crates and then crawled up into the rafters. And he's just kind of hoisting himself up off of the rafters and using a chain to like balance himself as he's looking below down in you on this conversation. I look up and like, bitch, wait for me. <laughs> Hi. As I start to climb up to him. <clears throat> Try to operate. Yeah, I'm probably gonna pass that. What's your obsession with operating it? <laughs> yeah, I probably pass that. Are you are you sure you want to activate these right now? Oh, absolutely not. And that's what makes it fun. I just want to know Could if it... you... <clears throat> Sorry to interrupt you. Could you just hold that thought for one moment? Alistair, you hear this 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 voice. Uh, he's coaxing you to the doors, not entirely to the robots. They will not be shaken if it's the robot at the door, but intruders if there's someone there could prove to be a problem. A machine activating unto itself could be considered just a bug, a flaw, an error. But an intruder could imply that there is a greater siege underway. Right. And I understand that thought process, however, isn't the point of we're worried, hey, if we open these doors, we might wake these things up and we're not sure if we can take them. And you're skipping that maybe and just waking the thing up? One, a controlled singular. But you're not in a control environment. There's another one. <laughs> and you think any part of this is in a controlled environment? No, that's my point. I don't know how we should proceed here, but... I don't think intentionally awakening one is a good idea. Like, it does seem as though there's a... A fitting for it, like a cockpit, correct? Uh, no, sorry, I meant to, 
I mean to mention that. Uh, these seem like uh, autonomous. Awesome. Autonomous creatures. They they seem to uh, they they have a small antennae that does stick up uh, near to the back of their head. There, it's it's very, it's kind of there's a small congested area right in the like the kind of back of the small of the head. You see a small antennae that sticks out that might refer back to a mainframe, but these themselves do seem autonomous in their <clears throat> own thinking if they were to be active, but. Might I remind you, these seem to be inactive, dead. They're not in sleep mode. They're off. Oh, okay. Okay, that changes things a little bit, because I was inferring from it that it actually had a palatable interface. Mm. <clears throat> um, so should we just... Uh, so if they seem like they're off, do we think opening the door will... Well, no, because they seem off. Off. Should we? Should we just try and see what behinds the door, or should we just move on? If they're deactivated, then we can probably act with impunity. <sighs> right. Okay. So, should I guess we should see if there is something worth protecting? Nice. Sounds good to me, buddy. For all we know, we. I think. Do we know that we're in like the island on the eye of the storm? Like, are we sure of that, or do yes. we just know? Okay. You are. You are very sure of that. The entire you've checked. Okay. The entire hurricane surrounds the, this island. I just wanted to double check. Yes. For all we know, these are the guards to Calduin's cell. That's my. I doubt it, but I would not be able to live with myself if we didn't make doubly sure. I'll be up here, just in case. I'm going to take my harpoon and enchant it with, uh, with adamantium, or uh, with uh, the metalline property to change it to whatever type of metal that I like. And I'm going to choose to turn it into an adamantine harpoon. Hmm. It'll only last for two hours, but that's fine. Well, if that won't pierce them, the I don't know what will. It is now the world's largest can opener. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it does the door have a latch on it? Yes, it does. Uh, it does have a latch. Are you oh. just trying to avoid, like, maybe a release mechanism, or did you just not think there was a latch? I figured that it would be on the other side, and this was just oh. the storage area to an outbound warehouse. Well, I assumed that whatever's in there, it would be, like, the storage area. So this would be, like, opening it to, you know, get into the storage area, you know? Okay. Hold on. All right, so I guess I will cautiously open the door. Attempt to open the door. <laughs> kind of a, a rusted squeal. Of the door as it barn door style slides open, revealing a vast chamber. In front of you, uh, you see rusted catwalks over giant vats just sitting a few feet below the catwalks above. You stand on a balcony overlooking nine enormous vats of a disgusting-looking brownish-burgundy viscous liquid. Is this the same liquid that was, like, 
leaking out of forklift or whatever, or or whatever we saw. Like we saw liquid somewhere. Yes, I'll say yes. Okay. Um. So this is what's kind of like polluting the descending land. so far below it becomes dark and obscured, almost giving it an illusion that it could just descend forever. Jesus. Above, you see a congested mess of piping, thick as trees. You see steam rising from the seams, conjoining the pipes, the, the, as the same brownish-burgundy liquid drips onto the catwalk and sizzles, slowly deteriorating the rusting catwalk. So it seems as though this is uh, some sort of pipeline to... Uh, I guess move this Iker. Did we see um, like pipes coming out of the factory? Like, seem like does it um, seem like this yeah, could be pumping it you elsewhere? Maybe seen some going towards some of the silos uh out in front. Okay, so they seem like pipes similar to the ones going to the silos. Although I don't know what reason. I I don't know what this is, but it seems like it's some sort of volatile fluid that's being pumped throughout the island. I didn't want to touch it when it was a cold pool outside. I don't want to touch it all the more so when it's boiling hot. Or Uh, breathe it, for that matter, with all the steam coming off of it. Yeah, and I don't think this catwalk is safe. It seems as though it's being rusted and uh deteriorated by these uh by these leaks so i say we move on as the as the four of you are are discussing you see beckett kind of <clears throat> forward under the under the rusted catwalk you're kind of as it kind of creaks and crones a little bit yeah uh, you see she crunches over uh crunches down with a vial <laughs> gets a small uh, sample of it, kind of scoots back to to the safety of the balcony and begins to inspect it. And what? Oh no! 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 What? <laughs> why why would you ingest it? Yeah, it didn't seem very smart back it's, it's a combination of oil, gunpowder, <sighs> and metal, iron? What is that? Rest. Do you, do you have it's blood? What? It's metal. It's oil, gunpowder, and blood. Jesus. Let's get and that you could tell that from it, the puts it in her bag. She and... kind of like sits in a in a kind of dumbstruck uh, expression on her face. Let's get the fuck out of this place. Like there, it's just a room with all the vats and stuff, right? Like it's not a there's. Doesn't seem to be anything like past. Are you talking, James? I think you oh. might be muted. 
I, I'm not. Can you not hear me? No. No, he's not muted. He's, he's, not, he's not muted. We can all hear him. Huh. Or is everyone muted? Can it? Nope. No. Nope. 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 You're the problem. It's yeah. It's, it's Something's wrong with problem. me. All right, bye. Yeah. Bye. Did you get the joke I made earlier, James? Uh, which joke? The <laughs> custodian's joke. Oh. About about the. Uh, standing on the balcony overlooking the vats of this um, disgusting uh, mixture, you see knees kind of perk up a little bit. Uh, I think it's best we um, move on for now. That's, uh, I share that sentiment. Let's uh, continue. That Our... armor of yours is going to break the catwalk, right? Are we? Do we have to I take the catwalk? It's that's the only pass there. Yeah, there there's where? one straight calf catwalk leading across the the central three vats towards the the next door across the chamber. Oh, there's another door. Um. No, my armor is lighter than my last armor, but. Uh, excellent. <clears throat> If you want to go, like first, to go first, yeah, please do, small I'll guy. Go first. See you on the other side. He shoots you a wink, and he's just gonna shift invisible. As you see, uh, a small uh, of the of the uh, catwalk as knees vanishes without a trace. Well then, I suppose. Single file, please, one at a time. Let's uh, not destroy this catwalk. I'll slowly creep, ac try and creep across the catwalk. How long is the catwalk? <sighs> um, each vat is about thirty feet uh, in diameter, so it's, like it's probably feet. about a hundred feet across. Uh, but they're uh, uh, next to. And next to each uh, side of the bats are supports where the bridge seems stronger. So it's only really tenuous during like the small like gaps in between each of the bats, which are probably about 20 feet each. Right, then I'll, I'll kind of like creep as best I can through those points and the parts where it seems like sturdier. Do like one of those hops where you like, you know, land nicely, like crouch your knees mm -hmm. onto like the sturdier parts to not spend too much time on the unstable parts. Yeah, it's tenuous, <sighs> but uh, it doesn't require a skill check as you all carefully shuffle your ways across uh, across the, the harrowing catwalks. All right, uh, what's through door Nate, number three? Uh, Nate raises <clears throat> his finger. Um, yeah, can I just, uh, I, can I wild shape into a raven and just I don't know, can you? Over to where, um... You tell me, man. <laughs> yeah, can I your like character wild, <clears throat> yeah, wild shape I, into a raven? Hell yeah, then describe yeah. you wild shape into a raven, dude. Get yeah. yourself across. So, um, as Jonathan is just 
Jonathan now down onto the factory floor is just like, <clears throat> I don't need, I don't need to fucking go across that fucking acidically rusted catwalk. I have better ways of transportation than you landlubbers. As I'm just going, <laughs> as I just wave my hands around my whole body, as I'm surrounded in this golden green light, and I just Jonathan do you want to incorporate your fire into your your magic as like maybe like your like skin kind of flakes as a fire burns down, revealing black feathers beneath. Kind of. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Go for it. Describe that. Uh, yeah, that's so awesome. As, like, not not to hijack your thing, but I'm like, mm, I just thought of a cool thing for you. Yeah. So as Yonatan is just waving his hands around and uttering druidic incantations, uh, he this sort of like midnight purple sort of flame just comes around him, and as he's surrounded, it goes from top down as uh, feathers start uh, feathers start coming on to his face. His arms turn into talons and wings as his shoulders, as you can hear his shoulders just pop into place to have wings as he just shrinks down into a raven and as the transformation completes, as the wild shape completes, uh, there's just like the ever so much of this purple arcane aura that just explode, like kind of like explodes, but not like an actual explosion. Just it just. This purple aura explodes. A pulse uh, of arcane energy. Yeah, a yeah. pulse of arcane energy just exhumes throughout the room as you don't see Yonatan anymore. You see a majestic raven. You as see uh, Bubonic on Beckett's shoulder go, show off, as he also takes flight with you. <laughs> Yeah, as I just, as me and uh, Bubonic just fly up to where Knees is, or where Knees was going. You hear kind of like a, like an excited yelp come from Peter as he flaps his adolescent griffin wings as he begins to sloppily flap and then catch himself on a few garter rails and flap and catch himself on a few garter rails and make it across with a as it kind of as he lands on the other platform with the, with the rest of the party uh do you stay in raven form or do you transform back into unitin uh, upon landing I'm going to stay in raven form for now, just to All right. stay more inconspicuous for now. And ladies and gentlemen, what's behind door number three, Tobin Riemann, the armored knight of the hand of justice, begins to open the next sliding door. 
passing through the sliding door, you enter into a vast, stretched octagonal chamber. Uh, I just I want to clear this in now. Imagine like being within the chamber of a revolver. So instead of being like the walls are octagonal, the walls are like rectangles. Is like there's an octagon all around you. So eight subchambers inside of a larger room as a whole. Along with the common room in the center. No, like, you know, you know, like, imagine, like, a revolver, like a gun. Imagine the barrel being, like, an octagon. You're now entering the barrel. Oh. Did you see something, James? I think you might be muted. Oh, I, so it's long ways. Yeah. Uh, I'll... Oh, I so need to okay. Take a quick break. You need to take a quick minute. Quick minute. Okay. All right. As um, within this octagonal room, uh, surrounding the pipe-like room, is an abomination of machine-making machines. Large crane arms and conveyor belts carrying and creating more robots, like the ones you saw guarding the door. The catwalk is now made of a thick metal instead of a, the brittle great catwalks of the previous room. Uh, in the center of the walkway is a circular console area with strange interfaces currently shut down. So uh, are the machines rows... even, like, functioning, or are they just, like... No, not okay. currently. Uh, rows of sangosites <sighs> hang overhead the walkway. The, the catwalk immediately in front of you is caved in with a 60-foot gap. Jeez. Uh, looking into the lower section, you see a 50-foot drop into a mess of conveyor shredders and furnaces. Huh. As you survey the the area around <sighs> you and your pass forward for those who can't cross a 60-foot gap easily, uh, you see chains dangle near enough to the platform you currently stand on that you might be able to swing to the conveyors on the sides of the seat, the assembly area. <clears throat> All right. Um, well, we have as to I'm cross. To, as I'm just going to fly across. Well, this isn't our first time using some sort of rope to swing across a chasm. Um, what do you say? We uh, try not to fall in any pits. Uh, that one goes out to you, Caldwin. <laughs> um, we're coming for you, buddy. As uh, Tobin was gonna grab one of the chain or get a bit of a kind of like shake itself off, feeling uh, feeling a little confident in, in his lighter armor, uh, and run at one of the chains. Or actually, first I'm gonna test the chain, make sure it's not gonna like like put some actual weight on it, make sure it seems sturdy. Yeah. You tug on the chain <laughs> as a disembodied voice of knees kind of pi uh, pipes up. Alistair, you don't have a way to get out. Out all of us across a six foot gap in your uh, pocket of gadgetry, do we? Uh, well, I call that my uh, living quarters, and that's currently on the boat. Yeah. So I can temporarily instill large enough weapons to be 
flight or flyable. <clears throat> to instill them with the power of flight, but I mean that might be beneficial instead of having to cross under these grotesque conveyors. Well, I uh, I tie rope around uh, the uh, the loop of my harpoon, <coughs> and I give it the property of flight. So, uh, I suggest that uh, we use this to go ahead, fly <coughs> across uh, the way, and then I'll just hold on to the rope here, pull it back when we're put uh, when the first person's done. All right. So do I just... It already had 30 feet of rope. I'm just adding on an extra 50. <clears throat> right. Am I just, um... Do I just grab onto it? Yep. Ride it like it's a broom. Okay. Uh... I'll, I'll climb the, the broom poon. <laughs> the fly poon. <clears throat> An unremarkable rate of 30 feet around. How do I, uh... How do I make it go? Uh, just give it or lean inside the direction you want to go, and it'll take care of the rest. I lean forward slightly. <laughs> Can you give me a ride check for me? Uh, absolutely not. I refuse. <laughs> uh, okay, one sec. I think I'm proficient in ride as a fighter. Yeah. Um, let's see here. You're not, that's what the rope, or that's what the rod of skills is for. Oh yeah, I forgot I have the rod of skills. I will use my rod of skills and pretend that I did not just see that in that one. <coughs> rod, um, <laughs> rod of skills. Well, so, you so, so that makes it like a 21, I guess. Or plus 8, so like 29. the the harpoon. And asking how to make it go, you kind of lean forward with the with the harpoon a little bit as you feel a little little tack sticking the into the back in between the slots of armor. As you're like, readjust a little bit, and then you go, ah, and kind of grasp the rod in your hand, kind of secretly to let you to to make everyone else think <laughs> that you just like got the hang of this thing the first go and didn't just make a buffoon of yourself. To smoothly glide yourself across, Alistair pulling the harpoon back as the rest of the party uh, makes their way across this gap uh, in this shutdown assembly line. Okay, um, I would like to vote that we do not fuck with these controls, as I see many of those robots, and those ones seem to be powered off. And if we turn this on. We may power them on, and they're very scary. So let's um, let's just go. If that's all right with everybody. I have to half wonder, what if we were to turn one of the uh, <coughs> the sites over into adamantine and drop it into the shredder? I have to. We don't tell... have to do it right now. Okay. <laughs> But it, it's something useful to think about. Right. We will we'll think about we that in case that. we have a need to destroy these shredders later. Um, shall we just continue and not mess with this for now, though? 
All right. Uh, so is there like it's another? Okay. Is there a door number four? There is or... another sliding door. Uh, what's behind door but number four, baby? I'm feeling lucky. This one mysteriously not having a handle. I'm feeling less lucky. You you step forward to it, feeling lucky. You look to grab <clears> the handle, and it's not there. And you go stop and think for a moment. And in that moment, the door glides open. Guys, I didn't touch that. Um, have your wits about you. Uh, I'm gonna continue. <laughs> Did it read your mind? That must be it. I'm gonna draw my sword. <laughs> <laughs> you, all of you stepping into the small chamber. This is a small chamber. So it's kind of a tight squeeze to get every, everybody in there. You arrive in a small intersecting chamber. A solid metal door before you, similarly without a hinge or without a handle. Seven candles are placed in a semicircle on the floor. A purple candle with white flame. A black candle with purple and yellow flame. A green candle with golden flame. A magenta candle with teal flame. A gray candle with bronze flame. An orange candle with a blue, almost clear flame. The last candle is red. Almost completely burnt out as the the wax has melted. As you see a flickering, a weak flickering crimson flame gasping for air. I'm just going to kind of like... Taking a look around and looking at these candles, I'm going to kind of, my eyes are going to go wide before I kind of, uh, I rush over to this candle and try to, like, put the the wax, like, you know, kind of, like, even though it's hot, just, like, uh, try and, like, form the candle back, like, no, 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 no. Almost like... Why are you completing the ritual? I'm not Almost completing... like Moon Sand, you try to move up the, the half-melted candle and try to reform it, and it just melts back down guys we're um take take a look around guys do, do you do you understand what these candles represent no yes there's an apprentice around here that's practicing dancing lights uh <laughs> this is got guys look at this candle the one that's only burned out All, almost burned out i i don't know why or how it's here but i'm almost positive that these candles represent us and maybe I guess our life force and this is definitely Calduin's. So you're saying you want me to cast super fuel flame on it? Um no. I'm not sure it's that simple. I want to um is are are the flames of the candles calm or they like maybe (laughs) um pointing in a direction (laughs) they seem calm okay um can you describe the candles one more time uh purple candle white flame okay black candle purple and yellow flame purple and yellow Okay. 
green candle, golden flame. Okay. Magenta candle, so, teal okay. flame. I'm gonna... The green one, <laughs> I'm gonna give to uh, Yonatan. I'm sure this one's his, okay? <laughs> I think... I'm going to come out of wild shape for the purposes of this. Oh, right. Um, I don't know if we're supposed to take these, but I think this one's yours. Thank um, you very much. The black, purple, and yellow one, I'm going to... Or, Golan, do you think this one's yours? I think that one's Beckett's. That one's Beckett's? Black, yeah, purple, and yellow? That... Yeah, black, purple, and yellow makes more sense for Beckett. Which one do you think's yours? The orange. No, I think the orange one would be knees being servant of like, or I guess like being like we've seen his scales before, right? Like another yeah, another disembodied voice comes out of nowhere. That would make sense, also judging by the flame, that it's almost clear, judging by my uh, infiltration expertise. <sighs> yeah, so <sighs> you gotta stop doing that, knees. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll grab the candle and, like, hold it towards where I heard the voice. They, they seem to be uh, melted into the floor. Oh, like they're oh not okay. They're not candle hoarders. They're actually melted into the floor themselves. Right, but uh, so uh, we'll say instead I ex I'm explaining that I think these are yours mm -hmm. and why. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this is... This one's his knees. That's Yonatan's. That's definitely Kaldwin. Um, okay, go through them again. Uh, I'm narrowing uh, so, them down. Uh, I'll, I'll do the ones you haven't done. Okay. Purple with white flame, purple. you haven't done. Okay. Uh, black with purple and yellow, you you said was Beckett's. That's what Orgolan's saying, yeah. 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 Um, magenta with teal. Magenta with teal. Gray with bronze. I think that's Alistair's. Don't know why, but what do you, what do you think, Alistair? Do any of these? I get, a cal I get a candle out of this. Okay. I'm not sure we get to keep them, but I just uh, feel like they represent us. Do you think one of them stands out to you? Uh, I'm just riding along with this. Uh, sure. I'll I'll. Play along? Why not? I'll grab the... Which one did you say? The. I don't think we can actually grab them. They're kind of like... Bronze. They're all burnt in the floor. You can't physically grab them. They're just burnt into the floor in a semicircle. I quickly raise my hand over top of, uh, over top of my flame. I'm still missing one candle. So the, the last two are is purple with white, and... Uh -huh. Um, magenta and teal? Magenta and teal. So I'll get both of you to roll me Knowledge Arcana for me. Who's left? Oh, uh, me and Argolan? Me and Argolan. Okay. Go ahead and roll me Knowledge Arcana. Or, uh, in Argolan's case, roll me Knowledge History. I have Knowledge Arcana. Uh, whatever is better DC for you. <sighs> Um, All right, so that is a twenty-four. Okay, I got um twenty-seven, I think. I've got a thirty or a thirty-three on uh, my uh, knowledge arcana. Yeah. So, 
as much as you're skeptical, Alistair, uh, uh, you listening to Tobin's hypothesis, it begins to make sense to you as you are probably most drawn towards the gray candle with bronze flame. Uh, Orgolan, you look upon the candles confused for a little bit and look upon the colors of the magenta and teal. When your eyes kind of blur as a tear forms as you're Reminded once more of your times hiding away from your father with your brother at the the singing at the the caves of the the singing crystals, whatever the fuck it's called. It's in my notes somewhere. I'm sorry. Uh, with with their uh, magenta and teal and purple colorings. <clears throat> As you, Tobin, you see Orgolan kind of fixated on the one candle, uh, the information begins to click in your mind. The purple candle representing your heritage, your mother, and the white flame representing your uh, devotion and your loyalty and vow to Tyrael. Now, I'm not sure why or how or what this is supposed to mean but uh as you guys gaze upon them a little more do you kind of see what i'm saying yeah now i get it i could be enamored by this a bit i uh but yeah the this one on the end here so are there like is it is there just one door on the other side, or is there like multiple? Just doors the one or... door on the other side. That, as you contemplate the candles and look up towards the door, you see it gracefully slide open. Uh, whatever. Please, what did you do? <laughs> whatever it is, I I'm promise pretty... this was not me. Oh shit! You're over there. <laughs> look behind me. Somebody, <laughs> guys, this is really bad. Yeah, yeah. Someone's rolled someone out. Someone knew we were going to be here. I'm. I don't know if it's as simple as well. To be fair, they're regardless. They're probably expecting us, at least at some point. But I'm not sure if this was necessarily deliberately placed in that sense that somebody did that, or if it's some sort of arcane trick. But whatever it is, that is clearly Caldwin's candle, and it is clearly on its last yeah. wick. As you guys are, are debating this and debating whether um, they know you're coming, you do, you are reminded of Caldwin's warning when you spoke to him in the Cavern of Lost Souls in the, in the Aether Wilds. Of him mentioning that they are aware that you that you are coming. Yeah, that's, that's whether why I said whether that. it has a connection to the candles. Yeah. So is yeah right. We're so, not sorry. Continue. We can't be sure if this is deliberately placed by them, but it certainly represents us. We certainly need to be careful, and we certainly need to hurry. So, what do you say we press on? 
Let's do it. Sure. Uh, what's through door number four or five? I don't know. That might have been four coming in here. That's uh, behind door number four. Um, as you look through the next door that has glided open, uh, inside this room is, uh, is an interconnecting chamber. You see uh, a door to the left leading towards a stairwell leading to other levels of the factory. Straightforward, you see another sliding door that you would assume leads to more assembly areas. Okay. Uh, the hallway to the left extends further down, but has a hallway on the right side of the hallway. Jesus. Or it has a elevator on the right side of the hallway. What, um, where is Caldwin's candle in, um, terms of the, like, the semicircle? Um... I would say it would be, I'll count from the central. So we have Tobin, Yonatan, or Golan, Knees, and then Beckett, Alistair, and uh, the Melted Calduin. So the far, like the far right? Yeah, the far right. What'd you say the passage on the right is? Or, yeah, the, the right is towards the hallway with the elevator. Um, I don't necessarily know if this actually has any correlation, but there's a couple different paths we can take. Um, and although it may be a long shot, Calduin's candle seems to line up with this passage. The one with the hallway to the elevator? Yep. I mean, I'm fine with clearing out this level first if you want, but... Well, it seems like it's only really a stair going... Or, okay, so, yeah. That's fine. Let's see what's through the door, then. Because the left, you said, has staircase going down, right? And then the right's an elevator, and then forward's a door? Uh, So, as as you step within the the breaches of the door, (laughs) the, the dull quiet were the factory is suddenly filled with metallic stomping. You see eight Sangocythe enter from the, the stairway and four enter from uh, the hallway with the elevator. All right, door ahead it is. We're gonna, I'm going to try and see, open the door. Uh, oh. Is there more? Uh, you you weren't even able to make it into this room before they all filled the chamber. Oh, as you see, six sanguicide uh, blocking the doors by the the stairs, and the and the next uh, sliding door, and then the four guarding the elevator. You see two uh, sanguicide step forward uh, towards you, stopping about five feet away from you. One more uh, more forward than the other, so one's closer five feet, and the other one's back ten feet. Right, so there's no clear path here. No clear path, as as you feel unconfident that that this room is big enough to sufficiently battle these sangocytes, especially what little you know about them. Yeah, no, we're just unconfident in battling them. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
What'd you say, Chris? That we didn't hear them coming through the stairwell. <laughs> Perhaps. Stompity stomp. I guess they might have already been there. Mm. Because we heard a few steps before they were, like, there, but... Um... What do we do? We gotta go. I I don't think we can take those things on. Back the way we can't. I don't... Please do not resist. You are expected. Please do not resist. You are expected. Mechanical chatter emits from the central Sangoscythe. Oh, Jesus. Oh, for the love of Paylor. What the fuck? Did we get ourselves into this time? They don't seem hostile. Or, like, they they don't resist. Don't resist what? Suddenly, you see all the Sangocytes join in and eerily repeating, Please do not resist. You were expected. Please do not resist. You were expected. Guys, what do Please we do? Please do not resist. How high is the ceiling? Not high enough. This is a very small chamber. Okay. Uh, you see, um, from the passage on the left, the four Sangocytes begin <clears throat> to move with a piston-driven hiss. The front two abrupt, abruptly turn and posi position themselves close to the walls, facing towards each other. The back two take two loud metallic steps back as the doors of the elevators glide open. Please do not resist. You are expected. Please right, do not resist. Right, you are expected. I, Please right. do not resist. You were expected. Jonathan just steps. All right, all right. We got you the first 10 fucking times. I'm going to the fucking elevator. Feel free to join me. As Yannick Wait, so just... did they like clear us a path to the elevator? Is that what they clear the like every other single site seems to be blocking every other exit, and then the four okay. single sites seem to have cleared the way towards the elevator. Yannick what a lovely just... narrow passage of doom. Well, yeah. it doesn't seem like we did the door behind us close. Like, are we? It did close okay. behind you uh, during during the racket of the right. uh, says chanting. It closed. Uh, I don't see any op other options. Uh, shall we? I guess let's make our way. Jonathan gonna... is just out in front, just angrily stomping, like a, having a little tantrum, just stomping over to the elevator. I'll put my sword away for now and. Uh clutch my bag tightly. Or I guess it's more of like a butt pack, so I guess I'll just... Whatever. <clears throat> I'll continue to the elevator. And all the while, I'm admiring these things as uh, they come up. Just the fact that, oh, so this is what they look like active. Uh, they're, they're far less intimidating than I was expecting. Huh. <sighs> That's probably the please. Just... Carrying on, observing each of them as I pass by. As you all enter into the elevator, the doors <clears throat> close behind. As the elevator begins to ascend, 
where we're going to take a break. Ascend or descend? Are we going up or down? Ascend. Okay. Ascend. You guys are going up. Where are we going to take a break? Oh, okay. As the elevator glides, um, this is not like the elevators of New Orleans City. You remember the the static jitter and shake of the elevators of New Orleans City. This is a seamless glide as it uh, scales floors in seconds as the Adina will ascend towards the top of the factory of Vicar. So, were there certain parts when we were outside that just looked, like, really tall, or is the whole factory, like, tall? The whole factory is very okay. tall. This is this is a very big factory. Okay, I wasn't. I just wasn't sure if it was, like, certain segments or if it was, like, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Um, there was the one segment uh, with the clock tower that was right. a lot higher than the rest, which you do seemingly, uh, you do have the, the sinking suspicion that you're ascending high enough that you could reach there. Okay. Uh, as the elevator glides... Did the robots come with to... us? Any of them? No. Okay. No, it's just you guys. Would you guys like to discuss anything in the elevator as it uh, ascends the floors, or are we all sitting in silent anticipation to see what awaits ahead? I think that <laughs> I'm not really sure what to discuss, especially if it's going relatively fast, like you say. So, um, what do you think we're going to be coming applicable? What do you think we're going to be liable to find up there? Well, possibly a demigod of deceit. Is that what it is? Is that the title? I think so. Yeah. Um, maybe a god of blood. Uh, maybe a Calduin. That'd be that'd be cool. Uh, maybe yeah, some more. To... Maybe some more robots. Seeing a Calduin would be good. It would be great. Don't get me wrong, but it'd also be fucking terrifying, probably. I have a feeling it might be Alistair or uh, Amaranth being a dick. Uh, I mean, this, this is a lovely location, don't get me wrong, and I wish I could take credit for it. At the same time, there's certain philosophies that I am generally opposed to, and enslavement is, tends to be one of them, at least long-term enslavement. <laughs> yeah, I'm like nodding along when he says enslavement, and then the long-term part, I'm like... Kind of give him a little look, but then just whatever. <laughs> uh, there, there are certain binding techniques for uh, uh, for creating magical items that sometimes you need to bind an elemental, and their concept of time is somewhat different to ours because they've been around since the very primordial universe, and they will still survive after the sword's been shattered and they've been released again. Right. Um. Maybe off topic here. <laughs> We're uh, possibly ascending to our doom. So, uh, look alive, boys. If they wanted to turn us into one of those things, they could have just shoved us off into the gearworks. Oh, the elevator. Or break, or brag. They could have fretted us. The elevator glides 
to a slowing stop. The doors slide open. You see four more Sengusaith, uh both lining the two sides of the narrow hallway that this elevator reveals. Thick piping line the line the entire hallway with steam rising, giving the entire hallway a claustrophobic feel. You see on the left hand side you see the two single sites facing towards you or towards like where the opening of the elevator is. Uh-huh. And on the other side of the hallway, the two uh, on the right side, they face face away. Um, Presumably they'll march us to where we need to go next. Yeah, are they just standing there? Or they like seem like they want to lead us somewhere. What's what's up? They they're active. You see the the dull glowing red eyes active as you hear like the, the right. whirring of gears. Yeah, as they seem to to probably would lead you somewhere. All right, I'm yeah. going to. Step out yeah. the elevator and get on my way. Not really much else to do. Better humor them for now. They march you down this narrow piped hallway. Uh, at the end of the hallway, you see a set of double doors. You see the front two single size come to a come to a stop with a. As they position themselves against the walls, almost guiding you towards opening the double doors. Sorry, did you say they opened it or telling, like, they're, gesturing they're, like they want at, us to open it? They're, they're not gesturing they didn't open it, but it seems like they're gesturing for you to open the door. Okay, we'll just continue to approach the doors. I will at least. Yeah, are you leading the group, Tobin? Sure. You approach the closed double doors. Do you open them? Uh, I'll kind of shoot everybody a look and just gauge. Do we have another choice? <laughs> I don't see any other options unless we want to get murdered by a bunch of giant death robots. I'll uh, take a look at one of the robots and then uh, push open the double doors. What's behind door number like six or something? Sorry, I was getting my notes to the right spot so I can read the right spot. Yeah, surely. As I'm going to take a quick minute to take a sip of water as Owen's going to uh, plug the channels. <laughs> plug the channels over. Please subscribe. <laughs> Please subscribe to the Drunkards and Dumbasses YouTube channel as well as Fan Rantan. No, 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 no. He, he didn't plug his own shit. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't subscribe to Fan Rantan. He chose not to plug Do it. it on your own accord, but not because of this video, fuckers. So, so subscribe to him, unsubscribe to him, Tobin, and then subscribe to him again. <laughs> Tobin slowly opening the doors. 
opening to a vast chamber. Surrounding the entire chamber, this is a, a massive chamber. Imagine stadium-level chamber. Jesus. Surrounding the entire room are grandstands filled with hundreds of sites. But sites? Sangosites. That's the robots. Oh, yeah. Okay. But that isn't the first thing you notice. You see three dragons all sitting in their gargantuan form. Sitting at the far wall opposite the door you enter. Zodak the Destroyer. The three-headed black dragon whom the party previously encountered. His dark scales almost draining the light from the large torches that surround the chamber. (sighs) Beside him on the left is a bright cobalt blue worm whose scales crackle and spark as he moves his slender arms, stroking his uh, a thin, f- a thin wiry Fu Manchu mus- mustache. Yeah, I got you. Is it also made of like lightning, or is it like hair? No, it's a it's like a thin white. Okay, yeah, that's that's how I pictured it. It'd just also be cool if it yeah. was like crackling. Uh, and like, the other. Uh, you recognize him only from the writings as Lazarus is the Wandering Storm. Which, is that, what color is that? Purple? Blue. Oh, blue. Oh, is that the worm? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. To the right of Zodak is a large, fat red dragon <laughs> with eight horns jutting out of her head. It curls up from a bone white to a burnt black leading to a, a tip burning like a large candle. She raises a spit-roasted horse, but in her hands, looking like a small piece of jerky. Around her neck uh, is draped uh, a chainmail made of gold, platinum, and rubies. You recognize her as Chandra, Lady of the Forge. Beside the dragons are two raised platforms, each with a long table and chairs. On the left platform, you see seven humanoid humanoid individuals, most of whom are recognizable to the Adenaul. The first is a tall, pale man in a large brown trench coat, a scimitar on his left hip, and an identical one on on his right shoulder. Tobin recognizes him as a mysterious stranger, known as Solomon Rafi. To his left, sitting sitting in a chair, is an odd humanoid hybrid. They definitely have half-elven features, but this humanoid is decayed, his skin flaky and discolored. His face is animalistic in nature, with tiger-like features. His eyes dark, staring forward blankly. He's familiar. Like you've seen him before. Over Kay's fireplace is a portrait of this person in the form he once was. A pale, well-dressed young man brandishing a falchion. You remember Kay mentioning his name. Erwin, the man who Kay learned the art of blood magic from. 
Standing just behind Erwim is a familiar shady man with sunken dark eyes and a scraggly beard. You see Amarath pacing softly behind Erwim and Solomon, quietly muttering to himself. Beckett makes eye, eye contact with the with the humanoid sitting beside Erwin. Chills run down her spine as she sees a familiar World War One era gas mask made entirely of yellowish smoke. Wearing a long leather coat with many buckles and pockets, he raises his thin arms showing his hand also made of smoke. He waves towards her. Beside the poison is a red tiefling with large horns that curls up like ram horns. He wears a bright purple fine robe bejeweled with sapphires and amethysts. Colorful tattoos run up his arms and his face with two snakebite piercings in his lower lip. You are very familiar with this tiefling. Kavalis, demigod of deceit. Sat beside Kavalis is a bruised and battered Calduin, wearing a scarlet robe, quietly heaving and wincing from his many... Injuries buried beneath his bloodied bandages. On the opposite side uh, is the interior of the clock face. Large brass cogs and gears and pulleys work in unison as you see the second hand ticking. In front of the clock is another raised platform with seven chairs. You see Kavalis lean and mutter something into Kaldun's ear. You watch him slowly stand and begin to hobble down the staircase <clears throat> towards the party. You shouldn't have come. Yeah, maybe starting to see that. But that doesn't change the fact that we're here. What what did you think we were going to do? Just leave you dead here? That's not what friends do. I could have handled it. How? Calduin, look at you. You look like you've been through hell and back. And then some. It's so good to see you. I'm glad you're kicking, even if barely. But it doesn't seem like it's going to be an easy feat to get you out of here. We've been instructed to take our seats. Could could someone help me over there? I can't stand as he kind of like begins his knee kind of buckles and begins to like hobble down towards the floor as he begins I, to... I immediately catch him okay. both like... Tobin and and Orgolan both sweep underneath his his elbows and picking up up those empty seats there I presume <sighs> yeah also did you say there were seven of the other dudes or just six? Because I only—I thought you said seven, but I only counted six. I believe there's six of the other dudes. Okay. There's Solomon, Erwim, Amarath, Ego, Kavalis, Ego, Kavalis. and Kavalis. Oh. oh, so I guess so five, because not, not including Calduin. Mm-hmm. 
But there is a sixth chair there that Khaldun was sitting in that has now left, and there's enough chairs on the other side right, yeah. for uh, <sighs> all of you to sit. All right. Well, uh, there's there's an extra seat. We'll make our way up to our chairs, I suppose. I'll make my way to the chairs, but I do have a question for the DM. Yes. Has it been one week since we uh, slaughtered the uh, 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 the coward? Four days? Then there's still three days left on Celestial Brilliance that was put on the harpoon, so it's giving off a 100-foot uh, a radius light that uh, is dealing uh, damage to undead creatures. I'm not sure that any of them are actually undead. What about uh, Zodak? The he destroyer? was. That's not how the tier works. He's not undead. He was actually revived, I believe. Actually, I was... that would be a great point, as you're gonna using it more as a walking stick, as it kind of glows in this radiant light. You see, Airwim kind of. <clears throat> He kind of wins, wins for a moment, looking towards the light as uh, Amrath uh, abruptly stops his pace, looking towards and seeing the situation. He kind of waves his hand gracefully as a, a shadow wafts over uh, Erwim as he, as he stops wincing and <laughs> calms once more. Ah, worth a shot. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, uh, I'll sit at the um. I'll sit at like the 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 head of the table that like faces them. You know. I'll sit near nearest to the dragon of the forge if I can. Um, sorry, I'm just seeing what sides they're on. Because I assume if it's seven seats, it's three along each side and so then one on the other. On end. the left hand is Lazarus. Yeah. On the left platform. Okay, so the the closest, yeah. So you could absolutely sit beside Chandra if you wanted to. Um, but Tobin said he was already making his way towards the chairs nearest towards the dragon. So as you kind of both well, I, eyes it, locked on the chairs, you guys both walk towards that that chair. It would. Well, so is it so. If it's a, so, would it be um, three on either, like three chairs on either side, and then one on the end, right? If it's seven chairs, they're all on the one side, like the the oh okay like Jesus photo that it kind of like creates everybody in this weird like horseshoe, as if a speaker is going to come on and speak to everyone. Oh okay. Then, well, then, I, then yeah, he 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 can sit there. I'll sit in the middle. I'll just 
Jonathan will just uh, sit in whatever chair is not taken. <clears throat> He's just trying to hold his anger in. You see Beckett sits directly across from Ego and just has her eyes deadlocked on him. You can also see that Jonathan's hand is glowing with a red aura. Just this, you can just feel the hatred and anger coming off Jonathan right now. And he's just trying to hold it together. Jonathan, you need to calm it down immediately. I don't know. I I don't care what you have to do. Control that. This is not the time or the place. I know. I I understand. I'm. I I understand. Trust me. But whatever that is, you need it to stop. I'm I'm trying. But believe me, I'm trying. <clears throat> Okay, so we've uh, taken our seats. Within the sea of Sanguisice, their eyes glowing blood red, sitting stationary at the ready. An uneasy feeling washes over the Adainawu as their glowing eyes stare blankly towards you. A single sanguicite begins to walk towards the center of the room. Its movement is static as you hear the hiss of the pistons as it walks to the center. The the SGSC arrives in the middle of the room. You see its body almost relax as it seemingly becomes more human-like. Instead of like the the static pistony movement, it just seems to move more fluid. Unlike the mechanical chatter of the previous voice that the Sanguisai spoke with, this voice <clears throat> is a deep souther, a voice so familiar yet so alien, the voice of violence and vengeance rooted so deep within the back of your minds. Batman. Welcome, friends, allies, <laughs> companions, and compatriots. I thank each and every one of you for coming. Everything has led up to this moment. I feel a few thank yous are in order. Ego, Lazarus, for creating the storms that conceal us, even from celestial eyes. Snide cheering and snickers come from the other individuals present. And of course, a young necromancer Emerath for returning the hunter Elwim and the great destroyer back to the mortal domain. Lord Zodak, it is an honor to stand in your presence once more. <coughs> Welcome. Great Lady of the Forge, your beauty only falls short to your riches. Dark Deceiver Cavallus, thank you for delivering your half of the deal, and I hope we may be able to continue our partnership. Though a few are missing among us, 
where's the coward? And where is the mortal? As Volnar says the words of the coward, Orgolan is reminded of the yellow scales he possesses in his pack. But anyone is free to respond. Even though Orgolan is reminded of the scales, you all know whom the coward is referring. I want to keep it. Entertain me for a while, won't you? The purpose of this storm around the island. Was it to prevent somebody from using divination magic to find you guys sooner? They said it was to conceal them. So maybe to prevent oh I don't know <clears throat> the holy lore keeper from getting here. Hello? Hello. Hi. Hello. Okay, sorry, you guys cut out for me for a moment. Everything's okay. Did you hear what Yonatan was saying? Yeah. No, I did. I, I heard the, the tail end of it. Uh, you, you mentioned the Holy Lord Keeper. Did you say anything after that? Yeah. Um. You know, did you, you put the this storm up around the island to prevent, say, oh, I don't know, the Holy Lore Keeper from finding you guys sooner? Or, like, what's the deal there? And of course, the Adenau, thank you for joining us tonight. I'm sure you will find our discussion enlightening. I am Volna, god of blood, vengeance, and innovation. Deemed heretic by the reigning celestials. I come with a proposition. We all know of the father's attempts to converge and consume the realms. To reset the universe and become whole once more. His plans cannot come to fruition. But we may be able to use his shadow to shift the scales of balance. <clears throat> while the celestials fight to keep the realms from converging, we will move to usurp them. No more shall a mortal cry out in prayer for a cryptic riddle or even yet get completely ignored. They shall receive direct oversight. You folk, my comrades, the disregarded, disrespected, looked down upon by the high mother, <clears throat> it is our time Nay, our right to rule. The various members mutter between themselves. Most of us have already spoken of payment. Cavalis, I, I present to you Malice the Godslayer. A weapon of my own creation from the age before time. Recovered by the efforts of Lazarus, 
creator, curator of the Ancient History Museum of Nudaria. You see two Sengosites walk towards the platform of the heretics bearing a pitch black bladed Zweihander. The blade easily over six feet, a glowing, a glowing crimson ruby laid in the, in the hilt, the handle wrapped in a stained burgundy leather. Asherati runes are carved out the blade. Khaldun recognizes it as a poem of battle. Shanda, <clears throat> your payment is en route to Blackwater as we speak. My lord Zodak, we had not yet come to an accord for your payment. What do you seek, my old friend? The scrolls of time, along with the heads and hosts. The smell of rot fills the chamber as Zodek's voice echoes throughout the chamber. With time, my lord, which thankfully is on our side. My dear ones, with this decree as a pact and a promise, I name us. The Vainglorious X. Which brings us to the young eccentric Adenawu. Might I propose a deal? Uh, just a quick, um, just a quick DM question. Uh, it's the Vainglorious X. X. Just the letter X. Okay. Oh. That, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, thank you. What have you brought us here for? I can give you the power to kill a god, to aid you on your conquest to defend your shores. Oh, really? And in return? I want the right to one of your souls. When your time comes, you'll be like them. You see the Sangusaith cock its heads toward the heretic's table. You'll become mine. <sighs> so, you... If want one of our souls in exchange for the ability to kill a god so that while we take care of the father, you can usurp the celestials. What do you do with your powers, your own? I have insurances do you wish to possess the power to be able to defend your home to stop the darkness it took 11 celestials to seal him the first time think the seven of you possess a chance? 
a snowball's chance in hell, but a chance nonetheless. So how are these terms going to work? Is it going to go by mouth? Is it going to be a verbal thing? <laughs> I'll kind of chuckle and I'll be like, I assume a deal sworn in blood. You see... I mean, the, I mean technically the poison has Beckett already. <laughs> You see, uh, knees, kind of. Uh, he's come come back uh, visible at this point. That night, yeah. while sat in your chair, is, and he kind of like shrugs his shoulder, kind of like sheepishly, and says, "I would not joke about such a thing. This seems like a heavy agreement, judging by the state of those three over there." It wasn't a joke so much as more of a seemed like a silly question. So say we make this deal is the power bestowed solely to the one who trades you their soul? Or will we all possess the ability to kill a god? I should give you all a fighting chance. And what of Calderon? The plan has changed. Calderon is... free to do as he chooses. So you all kind of subconsciously look towards Kalduin, who is deep in thought. Not before he was your guy's punching bag. So... He's always been my punching bag. So, so long as we give you one of our souls, we get the ability, it's a, a fighting chance, as you say, to slay a god, and we can choose how we want to use it. My young knight of the hand of justice. Did I say slay one god? Or did I slay, say slay a god? But, uh, what? Did I say, did I say slay one god? Or did I say slay a god? I'm not sure I understand the difference. You're thinking... Oh, like you're saying, like the, um, like, lasting ability to kill Celestials rather than just kill one god. Okay.
um, when you say God, um, would that include gods of all gods or just like any celestial, you mean celestial, like any force celestial or otherwise, or just celestial? I feel like you can feel that one out yourself. Ah, well. The unknown is certainly more of a surprise, more of a fun surprise than knowing outright. Very well. Um, is there anything else you wish to say before we delegate on this decision? We shall talk later. For now. It's been nice. You see, after he says that, the Sangosaith begins to freeze back into the static form it once was, as you hear the hiss of the piston-driven movement as it begins to walk back towards this place in, into the grandstands. You see the double doors open with a few more Sangosaiths uh, and purging through, carrying large platters of food, some large, as large as carriages being carried by four single sides. A plate of food is bestowed uh, in front of uh, each of the member present. Uh, the, the dragons getting the large cart, <coughs> large platters as they're all. Uh, delivered out, you see the uh, one Sanguisythe remain on the uh, at the heretic's table as you see its form relax and become like the one did at the center. As it seems to be conversing <laughs> quietly with the, the heretics on the other table. You guys may now discuss. So, what do you guys think? Yonatan, you are a tear of Paylor. Whatever you're thinking, get it out of your head. My goal was never to kill a god. This has gone way farther than I've ever thought it would. Right. It's not necessarily inherently the ability to slay a god that is the uh, purpose of this bargain, but... Rather, the ability to protect our homes and stop the convergence. That is obviously something we want. However, it seems they want to use the chaos that may ensue in doing that. 
to usurp the current gods that reign over the realms, as well as take one of our souls after death. Tobin, I would like to take this moment to look you in the eye and tell you that they're going to try that anyway, regardless of whether we factionalize their strength now and divide it amongst ourselves, or whether they will do so anyway. Right. Evil does not cause. Evil does not restrain. Evil does not temper itself with satisfactory knowledge of what they have accomplished. Instead, it looks to what it stands to gain again. And again. And again. <laughs> and naturally, that's the issue. <clears throat> we don't know what a world like that would be like. But we also... Don't... See, the, the troubling part is he essentially said we could choose what it is we want to do with said powers but I can't see him just giving us the ability to potentially kill him or them he used a fraction of his existence to power that sanguicite right. you don't think that He's just going to move on with a new avatar somewhere else. He is not going to set foot near the Convergence. We will never see his body. We will never have a chance to strike. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. Every single one of these machines are a puppet to, hi uh, to him. To raise, utilize... For a few moments, and then discard to reach for another. We will never have a chance to swing a blow. But, yeah, that's a good point. We, uh, you have to wonder why it is. From what we know about Celestials, supposedly, or I guess from what I maybe understand, is that typically most of them won't interact with mortals due to the writings in the Scrolls of Time. Zodak said he wants to gain the Scrolls of Time, so perhaps there's only a limited amount of stuff they can do until we were to take care of the Everdark. And that's why they want us. So, although technically it would be beneficial for us, 
to obviously stop the convergence. Maybe they need us. I can't think of any other reason why they'd even strike this deal with a couple of lowly mortals. Mm. But I also don't know if that's law or if that's just what Celestials like Paylor or others choose to do and not interfere with the Scrolls of Time or if they physically can't. It would, but it would make sense as to why Zodak wants them, because then perhaps he could change that. Um, <laughs> at this point, do I? Does Yonatan know that he has been like, you know, what we discussed earlier about Yonatan, like just out of character? You're muted. You're muted. Uh, which is fill me in. Sorry, I'm not placing what we were we were chatting um, about. So earlier we discussed um, lore bits about Yonatan and that how he is like, um, like he was like in as in essence uh, in a slumber for some time. And then he got called upon by Paylor for a greater purpose. I would um, say you would filled it. You would have filled in that gap. Yeah, that that you were in a slumber for for a period between uh, <coughs> you leaving your village and waking up on the shores of Blackwater. Okay. Um, so <coughs> would that then that would lead me to believe? That as long as Paylor, as long as Paylor is still around, and whatever purpose that Yonatan has to be filling out is still needing to be done, he could theoretically live forever. Would he not? What, like you're saying, you can't die. Like, can't be like killed, could or could just live for... I, I could would theoretically say, live forever. I would say that's a hypothesis that Yonatan uh, could come to on his own. Whether I can confirm or deny it, I cannot. But the fact that you you did pass through a period of time where it where you were transported a thousand years in the future, waking up on the shores, and then within a few years from that, meeting the Adenaul and becoming on this adventure. Learning who you are and then now showing up here. Okay. So whether your immortality uh, idea is true or not, I cannot say, but that is what you can draw, what I can tell you. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, Orgolan, please, please tell me that you at least understand the value of a human soul. That you I recognize do. that you are not in a position to sacrifice yourself. I wasn't planning on it. And Excellent. I'm not. Excellent. I'm glad that I don't need to. 
I'm glad that I don't need to argue you off of this. I, you know, um, I have no doubt in my mind that these demigods of darkness have, like, this deal have definitely has strings attached. Well, that goes almost without saying. Yeah. Um, but the issue being, not only do we not know what those strings are, we also don't know of any other potential way we could stop the darkness. Yes, so if we, so if they need us to stop the Everdark so that they can take over, then that's not great. But we don't even know if that's the case, that's just... And so, say that is the case. Either we don't take the power and the Everdark... And they still have it anyway. That, right, but so let's say hypothetically, due to the scrolls of time, they they have this power, but they can't use it. You, you know, like my, the, that point I was making? That perhaps they can't, um, as Celestials can't do certain things, and that's why they need the help of mortals. So let's say that's the case. And so the options are Either we don't take the power, and the darkness is able to converge the realms, destroying all the worlds, and essentially reabsorbing it and starting anew. Or, we take the power, one of us loses our souls, maybe we stop the darkness, and then they have their chance to do what it is they want to do. I don't know what our options here are. (laughs) Well, Tobin, it seems like you just listed them. And... And if worse comes to worse, you all know it has to be me. You're willing to give your soul away? Look around you, Yonatan. It's always been me. He's not he's not wrong, Yonatan. From what we understand now, it seems as though Calduin himself has been a pawn of Valnar this entire time, not by any means of his own. Perhaps raised for this express cause. Um, sorry, Beckett uh, in- interrupts. Yeah. Uh, sorry, are we just, he's now just uh, a, a, a scapegoat, a, a sacrificial lamb? Uh, no, I object. I'm Caldu. No. That's not what I'm saying, Beckett. What? 
Do you think any one of us would like to just sell our souls to fucking demigods of darkness just so we can save our realms? No, it's, you know, this is obviously <coughs> a pretty hard decision to make. And if Calduin's willing to do it, he's willing to do it. I know I'm more than willing to do it. As am I. What if I'm not willing for any of you to do it? Well, then that's too bad. I don't. If care. I say I'll do it, I don't have anything left for me. <sighs> you were helping to keep these people together. If we go ahead and lose you, then it's not going to fare any better. Alistair, I'm struggling keeping myself together. I have two celestials haunting my every thought. Then why do you want to add the Dark Lords to them? If it gives you an edge, it doesn't matter. <sighs> you all are the capable ones anyways. So That's not true, Beckett. So We wouldn't I don't it's all about who can provide an edge. I'll do it. <laughs> You'll do it, eh? You hardly know us, yes, Alistair. I will. I already know what's in store for me. I've got shards of soul theft, soul theft silver embedded in my chest. I am as good as dead regardless when I die. What is, what does that mean? My soul is going to be absorbed into a small shard of metal that got stuck in my chest when I was trying to defend my village years ago. So. That's why I told you so long ago that if I should die, incinerate the body and destroy anything that remains just to make sure that it wouldn't be able to be used for whatever purpose. <clears throat> I'm going to be stuck regardless. Either I'm going to be stuck in a tiny shard or I'm going to be working to an end that will actually aid all of you. <laughs> Either way, or you'll I end have... up being a murderous fucking zombie like the other fucking weirdos up on that up on that stand. The time Are you I willing spent... to give that power to the enemy? The time that I spent in the afterlife, I recognized was going to be the only time that I was going to see this paradise provided by the gods. I was dissatisfied with what I saw there anyway. I, if I have a choice between sitting around inside of some miserable vat of dismay inside of some dark cave, if I'm going to be forever miserable hunting down wild animals inside of the fields, no one that we saw inside of that place looked happy to be there. At least if I do this, then I can guarantee each of you will be empowered and that there will be protection for the realms. I'm just a merchant. You lot are the heroes. A pretty kick-ass merchant who's slain a dragon. Shut up, Yonatan. Elsra, I hate to disagree, but did you not also have a candle on the floor? 
Yes, you are not, but just, although I see where you're coming from, and our travels together have been short, you are not, but just a merchant. You, your souls are, your soul is as doomed as it may be, is just as entwined in this story as our, our, ours are, ours are, sorry. Then find the shard before I die. I'll do it. What? Like, I assume you were just like... It has to be me. No, like, I assume you just, like, announced that to, like, the people. Like, were you you saying that to us, or were you, like, yelling that out? I'm yelling it out. Okay. Alistair, gee... What? What's their, like... Have they, did they say anything? Like, are, are they reacting uh, a to this? Few, a few look towards you, but none. Act, no one actually seems to react. Okay. To the, Alistair, we're, we're, we're still it discussing has to be this. Me. Heroes can retire. People disappear. Look, I don't. I don't know who you are, and I'll get filled in later. But everything that I've been through, everything that I've gone through, I too was resurrected. I was resurrected for the purpose. This is that purpose. How can you possibly know that? Why is it? Because everything has led to this moment. Why did they coax you here with me? Why why is there Ashradi symbolism? Why... It's because of me. But why is it that your soul doesn't deserve to rest any less than ours might? If you, if you understand what I'm saying. There. I haven't felt rest since the day I woke up. I have accepted that I will never feel that rest. It has to be me. Do you understand the the entire coaxing. Do you understand part of the deal the Cavallis and Volnar had? It was get to get you here. They need you through me. And I I wouldn't live if any of you else died in my stead. If you're really sure so, that you're okay with this. Did, did they serve us all food? Like, like one, like, yeah. all, okay. There, there is food in front of you. Um, Whether this conversation is big enough for you to not be hungry. No, yeah, no, but that's not the point. Um, thinking about it and just kind of Imagine it, the um, Tobin in like a moment. He's like he's gonna be. It shouldn't have to be any of us. As he like uh, as the uh, he crushes the glass in his hand, like a like a wine glass, you know, like a goblet, as it kind of like shatters. So, you shatter the wine glass, as you see, 
the wave of dull red light kind of being refracted through it. In the instantaneous moment that you crush the glass, you see a small beam of a bright blue light. Uh, you look, you look up uh, towards the army of Sanguisais, looking at the hauntingly vacant, glowing red eyes. One of the Sanguisais mysteriously have bright blue eyes. A suave voice emits from its voice box. The voice of Mr. O. Osiris. Seems like my RSVP was lost in the mail. Who am I kidding? I'm on the postal service. Unfortunately, I'm just stopping by to pick up a few friends. You see the Sanguisaith at the heretic's table speaks with Volnar's voice. <clears throat> ah, the gesture of calamity joins us at last. Welcome, demigod of chaos. <laughs> You see a cyan projection of the mysterious pale blue-skinned elf with shiny silver hair flows out of the Sangocythe and flies towards your table. Is that a boat of yours ready? Um, I'll uh, pull the, the boat out of my butt pack and see if it appears to be repaired. You look into the candelabra's bottle and see it almost complete. The sails are just slowly sewing themselves back together. Uh, nearly? What? How? Well, we'll just have to improvise. Ready to fly, idiots? I said fly! As he flicks, the, the projection flicks his arms out as the clock suddenly explodes outwardly. As you uh, feel the the whipping winds of the hurricane uh, whip into the building. Now come on now. <laughs> With um, what, how, how do how do all of you react to being ordered to fly? What, do, what is he currently flying? Like his projection, I guess. His projection is floating. What like? Oh well, like, is he doing like a like he said? Okay, fly. Is he doing like a gesture or like? Uh, he's kind of gesturing you to get the fucking fly out oh, of the okay. window. He's not. Uh, he's not like giving you flight per se, but he's like telling you to fly. I'm gonna grab. <laughs> I I don't know what's happening, but it's better than this. Come on, guys! I'm gonna grab Calduin and jump out the window, or jump out the destroyed portion of the tower. Uh, yeah, Yonatan is just gonna stand up from his chair, and then it's just like, uh, he just says, oh, um, just, just, just one more thing. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna grab Yonatan. <laughs> don't, let, let me do the bit. Do, do the bit, but don't do anything stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, hold on. Let's, oh, I see. see. Where, where did that go? <laughs> oh, I found it. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And then just turn into a rage. Oh yeah, I see that. Yoda said, "Go." As the middle finger comes up, you see Tobin grab towards the back of your jacket and jerk you. As you're like, "Oh!" Uh! And as you're jerked, you suddenly kick into gear and uh, transform into a bird. 
Alistair, it looks like none of us are dying here. Come on. Oh, you, you, uh, or <laughs> Uh, Quickly, what is the back? Is the back of the chair solid or or is it like textured? It's a solid way? back. Okay, so I kick the back of the chair <laughs> trying to break it, grab it, and then jump out the window preparing to hang glide. Hmm. You know what? Be I think you're muted, Alistair. That or we just can't hear you. Lady of the Forge, I love your... I love your, uh, your production. I hate your ethics. I'm out. Until and next time. I'm holding <laughs> on to my, uh, uh, my harpoon. Yeah, just kind of... Until next time, guys. <laughs> and Tobin's gonna... Yeah, well, I, yeah, like, this is all just kind of like, you know, I grabbed, uh, grabbed, what's his face, Calduin, nudged Yonatan to get the fuck out of there as he's flipping off all the deities. Um, I assume this won't be the last time we meet, you know, and just, uh, as we all kind of, like, make our way to hop out the window. <laughs> you leap out the window, and as you leap, assumedly towards your plummeting death, you feel your body is kind of become feather light as uh, those of you <clears throat> who cannot fly on their own, i.e. not a everyone except yeah. Alistair. And, you know, Yonatan... You begin to have the, the fly spell enchanted on you as you see the projection of Osiris kind of gliding before you goes, Come now! Quickly! <laughs> uh, Tobin, keep an eye on the bottle. Right. Uh, with Calduin in my one arm, keeping an eye, waiting for the moment that these the sails seem to be finished, or any sign that the, you know, bottles actually fully. Mm -hmm. As uh, you guys begin to drift away from the building, you see you hear uh an uproar of dragon cry, as you see the three dragons begin to dive their way out of the hole that was just created. You see uh, the blue worm Lazarus as he kind of slithers... Slith <laughs> one more time. Slithers out and uh, as he dives into the open air you see you hear uh, the crack of thunder as you see lightning wings appear on its back. Oh! <laughs> Uh, you oh, see Chandra uh, diving out of the window and sloppily taking flight, beating her her now revealed four uh, four separate wings as a <laughs> uh, just behind the three headed uh, shadow dragon Zodak with his three heads and its wings as he flies overhead not beating his wings as much as the other two as he just slowly glides menacingly Tobin, you keep an eye on the bottle and seeing that the sails finish tying up as the uh, as you see the rope begin to, to swing and hoist themselves ready. Guys, as get you, over the ocean! You are... As, as you say, get over the ocean, you look down and you see you are completely over top dry land. Osiris goes, Not a problem! As he kind of uh, whipses his hand towards you see uh, the sand begin to rumble for a moment and from the the kind of 
orangey beach beach white sand it becomes drenched as a tidal wave emerges from uh from the dry land soaking everything as it as a tsunami uh courses throughout the island drop it i'm gonna put the cork in my mouth like pop the cork out and then throw the bottle into the into the ocean or into the as tidal you wave drop the the bottle you you all feel as the fly spell comes to an end as you all also descending watching the bottle fall and fall submerge into the wave and the the entire form of the candelabra forming beneath you as you all onto the deck below as you feel the wave pushing you out into the open water. Okay, the the waves propelling us for now, but the those dragons are definitely I assume they're still kind of on our tail as much mm-hmm. as they can be. Does anybody have some sort of spell that may like help us get some wind, like some sort of gust spell or something to help us gain some speed as we Can I do something with this geyser? With the uh, what a shot. Wait, Sorry, what what's happens? happening? What She's going to sheepishly point it away from, like, like away from the boat, like, classic, like... Yeah. And just... Geyser? As you feel the entire <sighs> uh, boat jolt with an extra lick of speed as you feel it skip, skip, skip onto the open water and into the, the slurry of rock and hurricane. we got to get out of this storm. It seems like... From what he said, they have control over this area, or at least can see it a lot. Or we're not going to get much help while we're under the storm. I assume is Mister Ogon. Break. I guess. Yeah. Sorry. Does it ever be? Go. Um. The candelabra finally skidding to a stop as it has an accelerated movement going into the eye of Ulnar. You see the projection of Osiris turn to Alistair and goes, You could drive this thing, right? Uh, ben, would you mind passing me yeah, the stick? For I a give minute? him the wand. <laughs> yeah. Now I can. Oh, I feel so confident. He has to stick. Says you, right, you're, well. you're, you're made of whatever it is you're made of currently. <laughs> you, you just passed. Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> Well, I'll stand at the front. You guide from the back. I'll destroy the rocks. You got the you got the boat. All right. I have the sails. I've got a jar of dirt. I've got a jar of dirt. <laughs> uh, where is it? We're heading. Um, away. That that sounds like an excellent direction. Roger that. All right. Get to it, sailors. Does the storm t- seem to, like, let off um, any, like, quicker in any one direction? You know what I mean? Like, uh, like it doesn't seem to stretch as far in any direction? Um, <clears throat> as long as you don't get lost, if you, you feel if you continue heading forward, you'll crest out of it. As, like, if you're in the center, if you're moving out, right. if you move in that proper diagonal line. You oh, won't man. be able to crest out, but if you take a wrong turn, you might end up taking a longer time in the in the storm. Okay. 
So I need uh, the steering uh, steering check from Mr. Alistair. I use the from Mr. Yonatan. And then I'll get two environmental D20 rolls from Tobin and Orgola. Roll D20 and let me know what the number is. Okay. Profession sailor. Just the number? Yeah, I got 14. I got a 13. Uh, 37. I got an 18. Um, e- Osiris, Alistair, and Yonatan begin to work in unison, hoisting the sails, steering the boat, carefully guiding and destroying any, any boulders in your presence as you smoothly uh, guide the candelabra through the hurricane. Um... You pass through uh, a cloud, uh, very, very dense, as it crackles and begins to spike with four bolts uh, of lightning. I need everyone to roll me reflex saves. Um, including Peter? No, just you guys. Okay. I'm going to use an inspiration point to re-roll <laughs> Is 28 good? 28's good. All right, I pass as well. Oh. I got a 29. Uh, dirty 20. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. I rolled an 18. Okay, uh, that is a 24 for me. Um, I will ask, um, oh, wait, that's... Uh, you all take, uh, eight electricity damage. And then each of you will take an additional... Five electricity damage. As you see, bolts uh, strike down from the clouds and almost, like, strike you and then reflect and then strike into someone else as you guys kind of maintain two strikes, but you all uh, were resilient enough to overcome the max damage. Let's avoid the electroshock therapy moving forward. As um, on the uh, front of the ship, you hear Osiris cry out, Clear skies ahead! As you all look forward and see, crusting through the, the misty, dark storm, you see a bright blue shining sky with the sun beaming through. The candelabra cr- crests through 
the storm still rippling from the momentum slowing in the now calming waters. Osiris walking back towards the rest of the group, kind of dusting his arcane cyan hands together and going, well, that was entertaining. Kind of got struck by lightning, but whatever. Well, that's the cause of being solid, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could have been worse, Yonatan. Yeah, um, no, uh, no kidding. Thank you, I suppose. Uh, I suppose that was very on brand as the uh, demigod of chaos. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate it nonetheless. I mean, I would shake your hand, but, well, you know. <clears throat> You're kind of a phantasmal force right now. In times of war, my children, one must choose a side. Well, seems you've chosen yours. <laughs> I'll see you at Chaos very soon. Happy bloodhounding. Shoots you a wink and... Well, I'm going to have to craft a rod of wonder at one point to leave his name on it, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, probably. Eh, small price. Um. So whereabouts? Uh, is it just nothing but sea, or where can we tell whereabouts we are? I am going to <clears throat> open my map and try to guess where we are and take my surroundings in um, casting uh, no direction as as I'm doing this. Uh, so you are headed in a <sighs> I'm going to see if I have a copy of the map uh, in notes here. I do. Okay. I think we need to go southeast-ish from the storm, unless I'm confused on where. Yeah, you guys are heading in an eastern direction. <clears throat> okay. So we need to turn... Uh, where is Kay's place? On We're not going thing? to Kay's place. We gotta go save his bloodhounds. Oh, right. Gotcha. So, um, we're, we gotta turn slightly southwards. I am all for any direction, but back there. Yeah, so if we're going eastwards, I'll kind of point off to the right. We have to go that direction. Can do. <clears throat> I believe, right, Wes, it would be like kind of like southeastern towards those islands. Yeah, it would, yeah. Be, it would be southeastern towards Far Havens. As way, go uh, ahead. Would would someone mind going down into my room and seeing if Vinia's hole is still waterlogged? Oh yeah. Uh, I kind of make my way to the hole and pop my head in and see if it 
seems full of water. Uh, fortunately, it is not full of water. Oh, it seems the uh, ship may have converted back to its bottle form before your hole could uh, become too drenched. It doesn't seem to be wet in there. With that, as the Adai Nawul reunited with Kalduin, proposed with a mysterious deal of God slaying, rescued by the mysterious demigod of chaos. Find out next time in the new year. Well, for us, probably for you guys, it'll be well into the new year, but (laughs) we'll see. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much for joining us. We've been drunk, we've been dumb. And Nate, send us off. Bye, have a great time.